Hello and welcome to the Centrelight Podcast. My name is John Cooley. And my name is Matt Greedy. Centrelight seeks to encourage discussion around what church could be. It explores life and faith in the 21st century. So coming up on today's show, we have uh, a quick question. Yeah, look out for a Joan Osborne theme there. We'll have a discussion. Indeed, uh, spreading the word uh, as well as the funny thing. Yeah, we'll have some spiritual caffeine and some superlative ideas for church that you can yeah. try out in the church near you. So Matt, what's happening? Oh, what's happening? Well, uh, I'm just recently back from a little trip up to the north of Scotland. Ah. Quite, quite far up to the north of Scotland. I was going to say, when you say north of Scotland, you don't mean like Aberdeen. No, I mean, I mean I mean pretty close to the very, very north, 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 north of Scotland. A uh, place called Tongue, mm. uh, which is a real place. Yes, unlike, um, yes, I didn't think it was a real place. <laughs> Matt sent me a message to say, uh, well, actually, I sent him a message to say, do you fancy a game of golf? And he's someone saying, no, I'm climbing mountains in Tong. And I just thought he'd made a predictive text error. But it turned out my ignorance was realised when I checked out a map and yeah. saw how far Tong was. Uh, well, basically pretty much on the, the north coast of Scotland. Scotland yeah, but it's be- it really is beautiful up there. And uh, it takes a long time to get there from Glasgow. I was driving up from Glasgow. It took a long time. Oh, because the roads are yeah. rubbish, aren't they? Yeah, it was a bit of a... We had a bit of a road trip, so we weren't in a, a rush. But um, I, was, I was almost by plane, train and automobile. We got, we, we got the bus, which isn't in a plane or a train. <laughs> <laughs> but it is an automobile. Yeah. So, tick. yeah, so we had to get a bus to uh, Perth and another bus from Perth to Inverness. Then a friend no picked way. us up in Inverness and drove up to uh, Tongue. Ah, cool. okay. So you didn't drive all the way there, no, all back. No, no. That's why it took so long as well. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, that was good. Right. Was, was uh, well, with me, uh, we were away. When I say we, I mean the project that I worked for. We were away um, at a camp uh, for Easter with some of our young people. And one thing that we did while we were there, actually, was one of my favourites, and I'd never done it before, was gorge walking. Ah, I've heard of it, but I don't know what it yeah, is. Yeah. Well, basically, it's walking up a river. So you you walk up around the rocks, and then you. You have to find your uh, safe path all the way up, okay. and it involves walking through deep pools of water, and, and you have a chance to jump off rocks into these deep pools. Uh, and there was one really good bit on the actual uh, walk that we did where we had to go through this big, huge man-made tunnel which went underground, uh, which connected cool. the rivers together. Yeah. That sounds pretty cool. I mean, I've done that kind of thing by accident before, <laughs> right. but, but never deliberately. <laughs> yeah, like just falling. Really. Yeah, just randomly getting lost, going up mountains. Okay, fair enough. Anyway, yeah. so yeah, that's that's what I've been doing. There's this one other piece of uh, what's happening. There to, it is, actually, you're right, yeah. yes. Uh, a little um, bonus podcast will be uh, internetting its way to you sometime soon. <laughs> internetting, is yeah. that a verb that you just made up? I like it. Who knows? We will have a little bit of an announcement. An announcement, yes. So, so after episode five, we will have a shorter podcast episode. And on that will be a special announcement. Uh, also, you'll find this on the website around about the same time. So keep checking it. Yeah, the website is a good place for you guys to... We really want you guys to contribute there. Um, we're trying to build up a community and let people kind of really engage in discussions and, and provide a resource for each other. So... What we want you to do is to go onto the website. Which is, of course, www.centerlight.org. Yep, that's quite easy to remember. 
Yes, yeah. I've remembered it already. Yeah, so have I. www.centerlight.org. <laughs> See, I've remembered it. We're good at this. Yeah, and there's a section on there for forums. There is, indeed. And we need you to go over there and click forum. Yep. Uh, and really get involved. Um, you can create your account there. It's all free. You don't need to pay yeah. anything yeah. to sign up to the forum. How long do you think it takes to sign up? Uh, a minute. A minute, yeah. yeah. I reckon you do a minute. In fact, yeah. I'll tell you what you could do. Here's a challenge. Sign up and then post your how sign long. Sign up time. Yeah. yeah, and we'll see who wins. The forum sign-up Olympics. Indeed. Uh, so there's different categories on the forum, and you'll find different uh, things that you can post in, whether that be questions or you know, ideas for church or uh, the funny things that we have on the podcast. So here's a challenge for you oh. to start with. Either post a question or, just as John was saying earlier on, about predictive text mishaps. What's your uh, funniest predictive text mishap? So, yes, I think we're done. Good. Let's move on. Time for quick question. Indeed it is. Uh, And the question this episode, Matt, is, of course... Going to have to be answered before the music stops. Well, indeed it is. (laughs) Uh, I think we're both trying to film. And the uh, quick question is going to be... What? Yeah, I've got it. A bit of a Joan Osborne theme. Right. Um, And the question is, uh, what would you ask God if you had just one question? Well, the first one that comes to mind is something like... Are there aliens? Yeah, that's true. True. Uh, I think there. I think there could be. There could be I like mean, other planets. But, but um, I begin to think that we're the only people who could ever live. Yeah, I think you're probably. Yeah, could be right. I mean, the universe is huge, but then at the same time, it could be that uh, the universe needed to be huge and everything needed to be in place so that Earth could be sustained in its right kind of way. Well, that's a good point. Because if it's just the right distance from each other, okay, I take it back. And in terms of the kind of gravity that's needed, everything you know, the universe needs that to be that big so we can exist exactly here. Okay, I take that. Fair enough. Take it back. Um, (laughs) Sorry, John. But is that really your real question? That your no, well, no, I don't think so. What one thing I've always wondered about is to do with the Bible and why did the council of Nicerus, I think it was, decide that the Bible should be those 66 books, that that they would never see that in the future someone might not write something that would be worthy and inspired by God to be put into the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I would ask God what you know, would he... Is he still open to submissions? Yeah. Still... <laughs> yeah. Any... Are you still publishing? Yeah. Like, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, no, that's, good. that's a great point, yeah. Because there is some inspired works in people's lives now. Um, you know, there's some inspirational lives that could go in there. Yeah, that's amazing. What about you? Oh, uh, what would I ask if I had just one question? Um, there's the kind of obvious stuff that comes to mind, like uh, who shot JFK? Did we land on the moon? Um, how did George Bush ever manage to get in? I think I would say, how does he decide who he's going to speak to in an audible voice and who he's going to just nudge and who he's going to... Because, you know, you pray to God for guidance and there are sometimes people always say, oh, well, I heard God say this and there are some people who are prophets and they really are guided by something mm. and there are other people who think over and over and over that they're not hearing from God and he's not there and so how does he decide when? Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, why doesn't he just do the same for everyone? Yeah. And could he not just have had a little bit in the Bible that said, you know what, this is your effort, this is what you're meant to do, really? Yeah. For the folk who are too, too thick, thick to, to understand and fathom out and work it out, could yeah. he not just have had like a, 
beginner's gate, you know, beginner's gate to God. Yeah, I like it. Question answered? Question answered. Now it's time for our discussion. This episode we're going to look around uh, the issues about evangelism. How do we best go around sharing our experience of Jesus with people? How do we best tell people about that, tell people about God and and Christianity and faith and what it means and why they should be interested? Indeed. What are some of the things that you think of when you first hear that question? For me, the word evangelism is really... I hear it and I I shouldn't. Mm, Yeah. uh, Because it brings up connotations of, you know, people... I suppose the word proselytise would be... Uh, that would be jargon. <laughs> that would definitely be jargon. But that that's that whole kind of idea is forcing. Yeah. And that's not what sh- that's not what evangelism about. Evangelism is still valid. Now, of course, some people are going to disagree probably with maybe some of the things that we say because they would favour the kind of on-the-street preaching yeah. kind of thing. And, you know, I could say, well, everything has its place. And maybe it does. Maybe God uses them in the same way that he would use what I would call evangelism, which wouldn't be that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's interesting that you mention the street preachers because yeah. I think that's partly one of the that's one of the things probably one of the inspirations behind this, this discussion. It's a difficult one to on the outside you, you walk past people on the street, you know, preaching or berating th- people and condemning them all to hell if they don't convert and you cringe. But I suppose that must connect with at least one or two people. You know, that must yeah. there must be people in the world who that connects with. Yeah. So perhaps there is a place for it, but I know that for, for me it's, it's, it's such a difficult thing because I just look at them and think, oh, you're doing more damage than good, yeah. and it's hard. I think one of the things I would really like, I would think about emphasising is the, the idea that when people put themselves under pressure to evangelise, then actually what I think quite often what we need to think about is just sharing our lives with people. Yeah. Is that they, they, they see how you live, they see what you do, they see... You know that your relationship with God and and they want some of it. It could be much more effective than necessarily sitting yeah. down and giving them a ten point plan and this is a breakdown of who God is and this is the Bible and this is what you know and this is why it matters to you. You know. No, I'd agree with that. Just uh, something I thought when you were talking about the street preacher was I sometimes have sympathy for that because I think, wow, it must take real. Yeah, I mean, it must be hard, I and mean, I couldn't do that. But then at the same time, on the flip side of that is that if they've been doing it for years. That might be quite a comfortable thing for them. Yeah, they've yeah. actually got into quite a comfort zone of just doing that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, taking a risk to do something different might be a more more of a uh, challenge for them to actually have a personal one to one discussion with yeah, someone. Yeah, yeah. The sharing lives thing is great. The project I work for, we do detached work on a Friday, and our agenda isn't to street preach. Our agenda is much more helping them out in terms of education, employment, facing issues as alcohol, finding out ways that they can tackle the kind of issues that they're yeah, dealing yeah. with. But sometimes during a discussion, I mean, we they ask us what we do and where we're from. We say, well, we're workers from Townhead and we come out of church. And then they'll, as soon as they hear the word church, they're like, oh, so you're Christians. Like, yeah. And then just a natural discussion yeah. flows from there. And then they'll tell us their opinions about religion and about Christianity. And we'll tell them theirs. And it's just, it's a conversation. Yeah, that works much better. Uh, and I think for me that people don't see that as evangelism. Mm. Uh, but it, I think for me it is. Yeah, I think so, definitely. I've got a lot of respect for, for guys that you can go out and do that. I stayed away from the detached work side of things because I was completely... There's one thing I thought, my skills yeah. don't lie in that area at all. 
But it's one of those things that the more you do, the more comfortable. Not necessarily comfortable, the better you get at it. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's certainly, it's definitely a skill, I think, but it definitely needs to be learnt. Yeah. But I mean, like you say, there's other ways than just being out and meeting people on the streets. This whole sharing lives thing is really important. Yeah. What, um, one of the things I think would be really useful would be if we discussed maybe some tips, some practical tips for uh-huh. people in terms of maybe things to say and things not to say. So I'll kick us off then. Got it. Uh, give you some time to think. Thanks. The uh, one I was thinking is, is the whole thing about jargon. So, the centre like top tip for today, number one, yeah. <laughs> is uh, avoid jargon. You yeah. know, you hear people saying things like um, sharing Jesus or, we, you know, uh, and things like that. And I just think those phrases... What well, does that mean? Yeah, I think it puts people off. It just kind of puts conjures up images of kind of really cheesy type moments. And I think yeah. we have to be careful about the words that we use. And it is more about kind of letting people in to see things so that if someone asks you why you believe in God, you can tell them without using jargon if you can. I yeah. That's one good tip. I think a top tip for me would be not to worry about speaking about your faith or mm. about sharing your life. You know, this is an aspect of who you are. It makes up who you are and you shouldn't be ashamed of that. Uh, and it should be natural to discuss your faith as it would be natural to maybe talk about a game of football or yeah, yeah. to talk about a band that you've seen. Uh, and not to apologise for talking about it. It's really encouraging to see how people do interact with that kind of discussion of mm. something more faith-related. And they do seem to take it on a deeper level. Yeah. That they recognise it, it impacts on their kind of spiritual self. Yeah, I think that's true. Because I think um, I think sometimes I'm quite apologetic. when I maybe Sometimes I'll talk to somebody and I'll say, I'll start to kind of mutter yeah. and mumble about my faith. Yeah. And you start to almost be like apologetic and... As if, as if you shouldn't be doing it. And I think people respond to that in a, in a certain way. Yeah. But I think when you are confident and you just say, well, do you know what, this is what I believe, This is yeah. th- these are my convictions, and you're, you're, you are um, confident in that, I think people respond to that. They respect that yeah. authenticity there more, and I think they'll engage with it more because they can say, well, do you know what, that's your opinion, fair enough. You know? They definitely do. And we're living in this, this time now where everyone has their beliefs. You know, it doesn't matter what you believe, this is what I believe. But this is, this is a great opportunity for Christians because it gives us this chance to say this is what I believe it doesn't matter whether you agree with it or not but this is what I believe and it's out there I remember being at a conference a few years ago now it must have been when I was on it was it was when I was still working for Scripture Union on the Isle of Man it was called Preach It and it was based in London and this guy um, just sticks in my head he said if you've got people are Muslims and Buddhists Hindus and Christians and they're all talking about their faith to one person we shouldn't get worried that they're going to become a Muslim or a Buddhist, because we know that we've got the power of God, mm. the actual power yeah. of God on our side. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, and that if we pray for this person and, you know, for the words that we speak, Jesus is going to stand out more than these other yeah, these faiths yeah. because we know that he is the, the true way. So it is recognising that there is something special about Jesus. There's a, yeah, there's some, you reminded me there of something from my life, um, I remember doing an alpha course with people. I was, I was helping run the alpha course. I was part of it. And uh, someone who was coming along to the course was asking me about prayer. And I mumbled through, like, for about five or six <laughs> minutes, I kind of muddled through all these different kind of aspects of prayer. And I remember finishing talking to them, thinking, you've missed a real opportunity there. You really messed that up. Mm-hmm. You Totally any eloquent, you know, nothing yeah, good. Yeah. And the next week they came back. Mm-mm. And they had been praying for the first time and they were like really thankful because wow. I had helped them so much in prayer. And I was like, 
It's crazy. You know, isn't it? I did nothing. I did none of that. You know, yeah. so it's just like one of those things where God can take what you, you know, your best efforts yeah. or your heartfelt kind of desires to see Him glorified, and and He can turn that into, into something. It's so amazing. You know, uh, it encourages me to be myself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I am a bit <laughs> all over the place sometimes. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like yesterday, I was in the youth office, and I got the email thing fixed uh, for Kim. I just jumped around and started doing a huge dance in the middle of the thing. And uh, I and they were all looking at me going, what are you doing? I was like, oh yeah, I'm just happy. And it just encourages us, us to be ourselves and to yeah. and for God to use us as us. I'm always reminded, when you said about eloquence, I'm always reminded of the passage in a Bible. I think it's one, is it one or two Corinthians. Anyway, you might know it better than me. It's where Paul talks about how he came and spoke to the Corinthians when he, even though he's a very good speaker, yeah. he was terrified and trembling and uh, he didn't come with words of eloquence and he didn't do it, didn't come and speak to them with human wisdom, but he did it in the power of the Spirit. Yeah. Uh, and that what we say and who we are glorifies God when we do it, you know, through yeah, his yeah. power and through no, the Holy Spirit. I think in terms of evangelism, you think of something that you have to be, you think of this thing that you have to do yeah. rather than I'm going to live out my faith. Yeah. Uh, as me yeah and I think people should also not be feel guilty that they you know we're all we're called to evangelize you know we are called to, to yeah. spread the word and spread the gospel we shouldn't feel under pressure that we have a, a target to meet in terms yeah. of numbers you know that each person must do I mean I did hear one kind of amazing stat recently and they were saying something along the lines of that everybody who claims to be a Christian was able to convert one person a year mm-hmm. uh, it would take two and a half years for the entire world to be Christian wow. <laughs> That's um, crazy, isn't it? It's just immense. But you know, a lot of people get so caught up in numbers. Yeah. And I think I think it is true that we just well, need to be out there sharing our lives. Yeah, and I think that Jesus had it dead right when he said, Go and make disciples of all nations. He didn't say go and convert. And that whole thing of making disciples is more than okay, you're now a Christian, let's find someone yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you're a Christian, let's find someone else, you're a Christian. It's okay, aren't you're it's about a journey. You know? Yeah, you're going to come with me on a journey of my life, and you're going to see how I interact with my faith in my life, uh, and you you become a Christian, and then you'll understand how to be be a Christian. Because I think a lot of things with evangelism is you tick the box, you're a Christian, and then you move on, which yeah. leaves this person who's yeah, just become yeah. a Christian with no That's idea, of, yeah. and they they don't get any they don't get told how how it can be quite difficult sometimes. Yeah, that's true. I mean, a, there is a responsibility of nurturing and support. But it can be a long process. Yeah. And definitely. sometimes it's difficult to see it happen. But when you do see it happen in the right way like this, making disciples, it gives you such a buzz. Again, it reminds me of uh, the two guys on the road to Emmaus when they were talking about how their heart was burning mm. when Jesus was speaking to them. And that whole passage is a great example of evangelism in terms of making disciples and being on the journey with them and waiting for these two people they that jesus didn't say right i'm coming into your house he was going to carry on the road and these two people said no come in mm. come in with us and he said okay i'm going to share my life with you more now yeah you know he wasn't trying to force yeah don't push it. yeah no that's true i keep coming back just as we're chatting here the thing keeps coming into my head of the idea of him being in the world but not of the world mm. I think that's a good model for people to not feel under pressure necessarily to falsely create 
opportunities to evangelise, but just to, but to, to maybe look for the ones that are there and just to, yeah. to take them and just be gracious and just yeah, yeah, don't try too hard. I guess yeah, just see, just message. run your day to day life and yeah. and see what happens. So one last little top tip uh-huh. I've, I think is a good one is to be prepared. Ah, scouts. Yeah. Is this idea? I remember hearing a thing once with someone saying that they had like a one-minute testimony, a five-minute testimony, and a half-hour testimony. You know, they had all oh, these right. different variations, and I'm not yeah. saying that you have to go as far as that. But you know, if you had worked out roughly what you're going to say, and mm. certain, you know, if an opportunity arose in a certain way, then it, it you would be more ready to share. Yeah, so, actually, that's biblical as well because Peter says in one of his books about always be prepared to give an answer. Mm. when you're questioned uh, so yeah fantastic that was a good discussion I enjoyed that one not that I haven't enjoyed the others <laughs> uh, but please go on the website and give us your thoughts on this discussion and if you've got any tips yourself then log on to www.centerlight.org create yourself an account on the forum and uh, get posting <laughs>
hospital attire. Yeah, so I had to have the oh, gown on. And, okay, we walk, I go in and I'm getting changed. So I'm undressing. And I get the, so I'm looking at what they've provided me with. So uh, I have this little gown. and uh, So I put the gown on. That's fine. And then uh -huh. I, there's this other kind of paper product. And I looked at it and I thought, oh, okay, okay. So I put it on my head. <laughs> thinking, this is a hat. Okay. So that was fine. And I was just about, just about to draw the curtain back and go out into the waiting room where all of the other patients were. And suddenly I had a moment of thought and I thought, something's not right here. So I removed the hat from my head, had another look at it and I thought, hmm, there's some holes in the hat. I wonder what they're for. And I kind of looked at it from a few different angles, turned it inside out and then realised, no, these are paper pants. <laughs> So I, I was literally about a second away from walking out into the waiting room, <laughs> waiting to get taken down my Tory oh, room, sitting man. with a pair of paper, paper pants. pants on my head. Oh man, that's hilarious. Um, so that is uh, my funny thing of this episode. Oh, that's good. That's really good. Uh, I'm afraid my, I'm, you know what, I might have to surrender already. Mine is funny, but it's probably more of you had to be there, but I'm apologising for it already. Anyway, I'll... I'll get on with it. Uh, as I said earlier, we were at camp, uh, and a lot of funny things happened at camp. Unfortunately, I can't remember most of them, but one of the things happened was um, uh, one of the volunteers is from Brazil. We were talking uh, independently of this. I don't think he was involved in this conversation. I was speaking with uh, another guy about the study support group that we were doing for the, the kids for their exams, ah. and we said, uh, well, if they're learning Spanish, and uh, this guy said, well, you know what, if they're learning Spanish, why doesn't Sam come and help out, you know, because he's from Brazil. Now, for the intellectuals, yeah. uh, you know, you yeah. really realise that if you're from Brazil, you don't, don't speak, speak Spanish. Spanish. No. no, you speak Portuguese. Yeah. Now, the guy that said this uh, was actually uh, director of the Youth Work course <laughs> at the ICC. <laughs> uh, quite a learned man, you would have thought. Uh, so we did rib him about that for a long time. So, ha ha ha, funny thing, yay! <laughs> uh, well, you really had to be there, didn't you? you yeah, uh, yeah, is that your story? But I'm afraid it is, yeah. Okay, go. <laughs> Give people... What I'd like you to do is reflect on my story and just imagine how funny that would have been at the time. Yeah, that, I can imagine that would have been, that would have been funny. Yeah. So, um, okay. get on the forum, people, and uh, vote. Um, vote for me! Who, for whoever you think is the funniest. Vote um, for John! And uh, let us know. I think we need to move on, John, before the tumbleweed blows through. I'm not speaking anymore. It's uh, time for spiritual caffeine. Well, it's going to be difficult to do spiritual caffeine this uh, episode because uh, John came up with the idea. <laughs> so maybe okay. we could maybe we could uh, give him some jelly babies to speak a little. Okay. Uh, about uh, the idea of refreshments. Ah, yes, refreshments indeed. Uh, this came from a blog post that I didn't write uh, as well. I started writing, but is unpublished as yet. It's called A Quantum of Solace. Now, as you all know, that is the name of the latest James Bond film starring Daniel Craig as the, uh, the 007 man himself. But the idea of Quantum of Solace is about a little amount of peace. That's kind of what a quantum, you know, it's a small amount of solace, of, of kind of peace. Um, and he was trying to find that, you know, with because of what happened in Casino Royale. Anyway, if you haven't seen the film, it makes no sense. 
But my uh, thought for spiritual caffeine was, what about us when we're finding things difficult, when we're down? Where do we find our quantum of solace, mm. our kind of small amounts yeah. of peace, our chance to, if we're feeling down or drained, what do we turn to to give us that kind of lift and to get back on with things? Um, I'm very much in the belief, and I think you're on that as well, that this is really important. Yeah, definitely. Um, certainly in the work that uh, that we do, more in the kind of more leadership yeah. things. But you don't have to necessarily be no, in that leadership no, thing. You you can suffer from burnout in whatever you're in. Yeah. So it's important to, to kind of thread your life with these little moments of of peace. Uh, for me, uh, it would be something like listening to some music. For me, it's just enjoyment's a really good word. I think I think it's really important to identify when you are stressed or you know, and people like to think that they don't get stressed or they don't worry yeah. about stuff, but you know, everyone does at some level need to, to be refreshed and I think that it's good to identify that and it's good to acknowledge it. For me it's relaxing things and fun things, so maybe I'd listen to like a stand up comedian show mm. or something like that. Um that I, I really like to laugh and that really kinda of relaxes you. The other thing I think for me is probably golf. Yeah, I was which, just thinking golf as well. During the moment of playing around the golf <laughs> um if you if you do play golf you might be going, What? Relaxing? So for me there'd be things like that. But I definitely agree with you that there is a, a, a need to um to relax and be refreshed. So what we're suggesting for spiritual caffeine is to spend some time yeah. relax and chill. Yeah. And it can be a small amount from like five minutes, ten minutes yeah. just to get your mind or it could be recognising that you maybe need to go on holiday for a week. Yeah. Some people go on a day retreat or yeah. you know, and just yeah. But just find what works but for you. I like the idea of thread I I use the phrase threading your life with yeah, these I, like I think that. I quite like that as well. Yeah. And it might be an idea just to put it in the diary now, you know, like schedule, say once Do it a week, now. five minutes every random Tuesday morning or, you yeah. know, whatever works for you, but to find times to, to get these things done. So now, uh, finally, it's time for ideas for church. You could adopt something in your church where you get to try something yeah. first. You can say, right, I'm going to do this. And then once it's been done, it goes to the session or to whatever committee and they reflect on what's happened and whether it's how worthwhile it is to carry it on or whether it needs changing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, think I definitely think, I really think it's a good idea. I'd love to to see what pe- what the churches would look like if, if inspiration was was laid on, you know. Yeah, you had a good story, yeah, to, to go on it. Yeah, well, one of our friends, one of the, one of the girls, Katie, who helps with our youth group, um, had quite an inspired idea to have a, a, a thing called Created, which was testimony nights. And uh, at really short notice, she, she kind of pulled everything together and got a couple of the guys in the youth mm. group to do um, their testimony. <clears throat> and they had invited their friends along. And there was a good 20, I, I believe there was, I was I couldn't make it along, but there was about 20, 25 people there. And uh, it was a really great night, you know, and they they, they really connected with their friends and the, f- the people were able to ask them questions and things like that. It was a really good night at this uh-huh. point. And it was just because she was empowered because, you know, like, Nobody said to no, you can't do it. Yeah. Um. Everyone was supportive, and it didn't have to go through any channels to mm-hmm. get approved. And we just just, just went with it, and it happened. And I think that there's an element of, you know, that because she was so enthusiastic for that, she's going to really make that work. Yeah. If people could really tap into their passions, I think too often people in churches are there's a particular role needing filled, and they kind of ask someone to do it rather than maybe just trying to like fire up people and just say, well, what's your vision? What's your passion? Yeah. Some things will fall away. Some things won't work. Yeah. And we'll learn lessons from that. And some things you know, will work fantastically well. It's hard um, to really believe that a thing can happen. If you, you know, if somebody comes with an idea, often what churches would do is look at the resources they have or look at the people they have yeah. or look at like 
the, the diminishing congregation and say, well, I can't see how this can work. You know, how are we going to get this to how is this going to happen? Or yeah. where is the money going to come? And they think so much about the practicalities, and I think actually, if you just get stuck in and just start to do things, yeah, and you can glorify God, and you can just say, well, do you know what? We didn't have the money, and then we just tried it. And you hear so many stories about people yeah. who just get in and do things, and God worries about the rest. Have a go yourself, or suggest it <laughs> as an idea yeah. in your church. <laughs> Good one. Ironic. Okay, well, uh, I think that's it for this episode. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, just another heads up. Another heads up uh, for, of course, uh, the special yes. bonus podcast that will be flying your way shortly. Yeah. Uh, there'll be some exciting news for all you centre light lovers out there. Make sure your friends know about it too. Yeah. Uh, and check out the website of course and make sure you get on the forum like we asked earlier uh, and of course you can log on to the website at www.centerlight.org <laughs>